Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Well, last week we began looking at what doctors Les and Leslie Parrott say are four of the most harmful and most common misconceptions about marriage. Their list of four is, one, we expect exactly the same things from marriage. Two, everything good in our relationship will get better. Three, everything bad in my life will disappear. Four, my spouse will make me whole. We covered numbers one and two last week. Today we begin with myth number three. Everything bad in my life will disappear. This myth, or some form of it, has been handed down through countless generations. Its widespread appeal is epitomized in such storybook legends as Cinderella. In this story, a poor stepdaughter who toils as a servant for her wicked stepfamily is rescued by a handsome and gallant Prince Charming. They fall in love and live happily ever after. No matter that Cinderella has been socialized to feel at home among the kitchen ashes and would have no idea how to behave in the pomp and circumstance of the royal court. No matter that Prince Charming has grown up in an entirely different culture and acquired its education, tastes, and manners. No matter that the two of them know nothing about each other's attitudes towards the roles of husbands and wives. All they have in common is a glass slipper and a foot that fits it. Of course love doesn't work that way, you say. It's just a child's fable. That's true. But deep down, we long for a Prince Charming or Cinderella to right the wrongs and make everything bad go away. Many people marry to avoid or escape unpleasantness. But no matter how glorious the institution of marriage, it is not a substitute for the difficult work of inner spiritual healing. Marriage does not erase personal pain or eliminate loneliness. Why? Well, according to the parrots, because people get married primarily to further their own well-being, not to take care of their partner's needs. The bad traits and feelings you carried around before you were married remain with you as you leave the wedding chapel. A marriage certificate is not a magical glass slipper. Marriage is an actual fact, just a way of living. Before marriage, we don't expect life to be all sunshine and roses, but we seem to expect life after marriage to be that way. Psychiatrist John Levy, who counsels many married couples, writes in his book, The Happy Family, that, quote, people who have found everything disappointing are surprised and pained when marriage proves no exception. Most of the complaints about matrimony arise not because it is worse than the rest of life, but because it is not incomparably better. Unquote. Getting married cannot instantly cure all your ills, but marriage can become a powerful healing agent over time. If you are patient and persistent, marriage can help you overcome even some of the toughest of tribulations. When three Colorado psychologists ran a marriage survey in the Rocky Mountain News, they were surprised by the, quote, the number of people who endured traumatic childhoods as abused children or children of alcoholic or divorced parents and healed themselves through good marriages, unquote. As one of the researchers explained it, good marriages overcome things we tend to think of as irretrievable losses or irreconcilable tragedies. In other words, there's been a major shift in focus from marriage therapy to marriage as therapy. 
all of us, at least unconsciously, marry in the hope of healing our wounds. Even if we do not have a traumatic background, we still have hurts and unfulfilled needs that we carry inside. We all suffer from feelings of self-doubt, unworthiness, and inadequacy. No matter how nurturing our parents were, we never received enough attention and love. So in marriage, we look to our spouse to convince us that we are worthwhile and to heal our infirmities. In Getting the Love You Want, pastoral psychotherapist Harville Hendricks explains that a healthy marriage becomes a place to wrap up unfinished business from childhood. The healing process begins gradually by uncovering and acknowledging our unresolved childhood issues. The healing continues through the years as we allow our spouses to love us and as we learn how to love them. Prince Charles and Lady Diana most certainly had unmet hopes in their storybook marriage, even though they had a highly celebrated wedding. Few could have imagined the painful outcome years later. Robert Runcie, Archbishop of Canterbury, however, probably did. He gave a marvelous homily at their wedding. In it he said, Here is the stuff of which fairy tales are made, the prince and princess on their wedding day. But fairy tales usually end at this point with the simple phrase, They lived happily ever after. This may be because fairy tales regard marriage as an anticlimax after the romance of courtship. This is not the Christian view. Our faith sees the wedding day not as a place of arrival, but the place where the adventure begins. Too bad the royal couple didn't act on Runcie's message. Too bad we also settle for myths and fairy tales when we could be living a real-life adventure. Well, myth number four, my spouse will make me whole. You know, we've all heard the old saying, opposites attract. This saying is based on the phenomena that many individuals are drawn to people who complement them, who are good at things that they are not, who complete them in some way. The book of Proverbs says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Our incompleteness and differences give iron its roughness, its sharpening power. Marriage is a God-given way to improve and hone our beings. Marriage challenges us to new heights and calls us to be the best person possible, but neither marriage nor our partner will magically make us whole. According to the parrots, this myth usually begins with the belief that successful couples are meant to be and made for each other. It's not unusual for people who are having difficulties in their marriage to feel they've chosen the wrong person to marry. If only they had chosen Mr. Wright or Ms. Wright, everything would have worked out. But it's ludicrous to believe that successful marriages depend on discovering the one person out of the more than six billion people on this earth who is just right for you. If you are single, the fact that there is no one and only does not mitigate careful screening or prospective spouses. But if you are married and are complaining because your marriage partner does not make you instantly complete, that doesn't necessarily mean that you married the wrong person. Couples who swallow the myth that their spouse will make them whole become dependent on their partner in a way that is, all by all standards, unhealthy. These couples cultivate what experts call an enmeshed relationship, characterized by a general reliance on their spouse for continual support assurance, and wholeness. It is usually coupled with a low self-esteem 
and a sense of inferiority that is easily controlled by their partner. Dependent partners desire happiness, not personal growth. They are not interested in nourishing the relationship, but in being nourished by their partner. They believe the lie that says they will effortlessly be made whole simply by being married. The opposite of an enmeshed marriage is a relationship of rugged self-reliance, often called the disengaged relationship. The term reflects the isolation and independence of spouses who are attempting to earn their sense of wholeness by relying on no one, even their marriage partner. These people, too, are trying in vain to compensate for their feelings of inferiority. A sense of wholeness can never be achieved either in an enmeshed or in a disengaged relationship. Both are deeply flawed and dangerous. Instead, wholeness is found in an interdependent relationship in which two people with self-respect and dignity make a commitment to nurture their own spiritual growth as well as their partner's. J.F. Crosby has classified these relationships as A-frame, dependent, H-frame, independent, and M-frame, interdependent. A-frame relationships are symbolized by the capital letter A. Partners have a strong couple identity but very little individual self-esteem. They think of themselves as a unit rather than as separate individuals. Like the long lines in the letter A, they lean on one another. The relationship is structured so that if one lets go, the other falls. And that is exactly what happens when one partner outgrows his or her dependency needs. H-frame relationships are structured like a capital H. Partners stand virtually alone, each self-sufficient and neither influenced much by the other. There is little or no couple identity and little emotional connection. If one lets go, the other hardly feels a thing. M-frame relationships rest on interdependence. Each partner has high self-esteem and is committed to helping the other partner grow. They could stand on their own, but they choose to be together. The relationship involves mutual influence and emotional support. M-frame relationships exhibit a meaningful couple identity. If one lets go, the other feels a loss but recovers balance. Like separate strings of a lute that quiver with the same music, there is a beauty in a marriage that respects the individuality of its partners. In an interdependent marriage, joy is doubled and sorrow is cut in half. Well, where is your marriage today? Are you an A, an H, or an M? The past two weeks, we've looked at four common and harmful marital myths. One, we expect exactly the same things from marriage. Two, Everything good in our relationship will get better. Three, everything bad in my life will disappear. And four, my spouse will make me whole. If you are discouraged by having held such fables as truth, take heart. Everyone enters marriage believing these falsehoods to some degree, and every successful marriage patiently works to challenge and debunk these myths. You know that in Bible times, the special status of a bride and groom lasted a full year, Deuteronomy 24.5 says, If a man has recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any other duty laid on him. For one year he is free to stay at home and bring happiness to the wife he has married. The beginning of marriage was a time of learning and adapting. It still is. 
But we have to learn and adapt as we continue to do life, not with the luxury of withdrawing from the daily demands. Even so, allow yourselves the luxury of learning and adapting. Well, thanks for being with us today. We'll talk next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.